0: If you like retro video games? Then you should check out the NerdCave Retro on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can find podcasts. If you like the show, then you can join the Discord by going to the NerdCave Retro Twitter page and click the link at the top of the page. If you like the
1: Open Micers podcast, but you think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court podcast hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn, found wherever podcasts are given
0: away for free. Dead Game is the new podcast where award-winning comedy writer Wally Phelps and award seeing comedy sidekick Carlos Longoria (laughs) use their powers of necromancy to resurrect failing or long-suffering game franchises. From Fortnite to Rock Band, D&D to Double Dragon, listen to Dead Game, where games go to get good. We also want to shout out our other patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob
1: himself, Mr. Robbie Hennig. the
0: micers podcast my name is jason robbins i'm jacob craig i'm fucking hyped for tonight's episode dude i've had covid all week i'm ready for what like the fifth time you've gotten it dude for someone who doesn't believe in it i've gotten it like six times that's a joke by the way obviously i believe in it it's almost fucking killed me like i'm having trouble seeing like this time like I can't drive a car right now because I just can't fucking see. Maybe your diabetes well, is fighting it off. You know, if I, was, you...
2: <laughs> I was gonna say you've got all the comorbidity factors, right? All yeah, of them. right, dude.
0: <laughs> you just got...
1: dude, stop licking door handles, man, <laughs> especially for public restrooms. It's
2: not doing you any favors.
0: Look, a man's gotta come, Jason. Come on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah,
2: You need to drop the Mountain Dew and take some vitamin D. Yeah, no shit. <laughs>
0: i'm in these nuts i'm not doing (laughs) shit (laughs) anyways that person that you guys hear can only be one man he's our our guest this week he is somebody who i met doing the stone versus drunk versus sober showcase which he has won more than a dozen times he's open for legit comics such as robert kelly dave stone eddie pepitone fucking so many more people He's one of the funniest people in all of the Southeast. Please welcome Tyler Arkano to the, to the podcast. How are you doing, sir? Damn,
2: such a great intro to mispronounce my last name. <laughs> it's <Arsino>.
0: Arsenio. Arsenio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Arsenio Hall. It is, it is, that's closer,
2: actually. It's Arseno. You were, you were close.
0: Arseno. Yeah. You here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Louisiana people have pretend names. Let's it's argue. So,
2: it's so true.
0: You know I what, mean, Jacob? E-A- I'm E-A-U-X, like... I might be old, but at least I can pronounce people's fucking names on the show here, you know? Look, you're lucky that I booked the right Tyler Arsenio Hall, okay? Because we've done that in the past, where I have booked somebody, and I looked them up, and it was the wrong person. It was like, someone more famous also has their name, and they were like, yeah, I didn't do any of that. Yeah, The uh, if you Google
2: me, The first result is not me, but it is another Tyler Arsenault who is an actor with less Instagram followers than me. So I don't know how that works, but I'm not the number one Tyler Arsenault apparently, so... That's my, that's like my goal for the end of the year is to be number one, Yeah, that be is, the best Tyler Arsenault. That is not a common name too. Like, how does right? that happen? Like I had to, yeah. when, when I
1: registered for uh, IMDB and stuff uh, for my acting and everything, I had to actually use my middle name because there's like 50 different Jason Robinses that work in movies, like all the way down to like craft services. I'm like, Jesus Christ, can't even have my own fucking name. So is that why you're Jerome
0: Robbins on IMDb? That's
1: <laughs> why it's hard to look me up, because i got to use my
0: full name. Jason Jerome Robbins. <laughs> Jerome.
2: Whenever I was whenever I was younger, a Tyler Arsenault, who has my middle initial and is the same age as me, died. And I had so many phone calls that day. Just people like, are you <laughs> dead? And I'm like, no, you called me. I'm <laughs> uh, you know what's you're, fucked right. up? That
1: just reminded me... Uh, Penn Gillette was talking on his podcast the other day, uh Penn Sunday school. His very last text to um uh oh crap. Why can't I think of his name? Uh was Full House Dad. Um Pop Bob Saget. Pop Saget. Saget. His he had heard that he died, so he texted him, Are you dead? And like that's the <laughs> last text he sent <laughs> to him. And that like that's like enshrined forever. He's like,
2: that's fucked up. Also kind of sus, right? Yeah. Like, when I, whenever they're reading those texts, it's like, well, why? <laughs> Oops.
0: <laughs> Pen, where were you that night? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you dead? Just wanted to make sure. That would suck. Man. But, dude, I feel like naming people in Louisiana is weird. Because, like, all the comics I know from Louisiana have the most simple first name, and then just, like, the most fucked like all the vowels, fucking alphabet soup last name. Like <laughs> Tyler Arsenio or fucking yeah. Joey
2: Thibodeau. Like That's 100% just... right. Joey Thibodeau, also a comic in Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> so yeah. you just pick a, pick, a, pick a white first name and add a Cajun name to it, and they're probably a comic in
0: Lafayette. <laughs> probably, dude. My fucking favorite Lafayette comic is probably um, Tony uh, Satry. big fan big fan of uh
2: greg boudin (laughs) greg boudin (laughs) Brian (laughs) gumbo (laughs) that's uh gumbo with an eaux at the end yeah always has that's always that's standard isn't it everybody in louisiana has to have the last name eaux yeah and then when you don't see it it's like come on
0: man what are y'all doing (laughs) why did what what why did that come about? Like what, like, did someone just get off the boat and just decide to change everyone's name to that? Or is well, that they like could from an
2: old country? So the, there's like a, there's like a, a story that we're told. I don't know how true this is, but it's essentially that they couldn't sign. The Cajuns couldn't sign their names. Um, they couldn't, they were illiterate for the most part, couldn't read or write. So they would just, whenever okay. it came time to like sign documents, uh whenever they got my, uh, kicked out of Nova Scotia and sent down to Louisiana, they all came off the boat or whatever and put an X. right? Okay. So so people's like I don't know how that uh, how that turned into starting to leverage the X, the Silent X. Uh, but uh there's a uh, there's a legendary comic out of our area, Lane, Lane Lane Loyon. He's in Colorado now, and he he would say that Cajuns were the original X-Men. <laughs> so
1: <laughs>
2: that's what I go with. Well, it's definitely so not where much all has the changed. Definitely where the, all right, the
1: right. definitely where all right, the right. mutations have come th- come from. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> We've got fucking the Cajun X Men. You've got Gator Boy Swamp Lad. <laughs> now that's an X Men
2: uh, movie I want to see. So Gambit is actually a Cajun X Men. I mean,
0: shout out to him. Yeah. <laughs> shout out. The Remy LeBeau. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Gambit and Jubilee, man. Yeah, and Rogue, can, right? Rogue is from Georgia. I don't know, something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know my lore. <laughs> it's all the same to everyone but us. The South, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like I don't know, man. Oh, so we I we're just talking
2: every. I just consider everything north of I like ten Yankees, honestly. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. That's a whole different country <laughs> up there. <laughs>
1: Um, but we were talking about before the show, uh, I wanted to, uh, what you guys thought about this, Alex Jones, the only thing I've posted on Facebook, because I don't post on Facebook anymore, I shared this thing that uh, Alex Jones said, where he said, everybody that signs to a record deal has to pledge the, uh, pledge themselves to Lucifer. <laughs> I was like, sure as hell Correct. did, devil horns. <laughs> like, I don't was remember. That, like Is that just a clip? I, I guess so. I don't know. He was like on. He was a guest on some other somebody else's show. He was talking about how uh, every everybody in Hollywood and uh, people who sign record deals have to sign have to pledge their lives to Lucifer.
2: Uh, so this wasn't like a metaphor. He wasn't like making like a metaphor for no. signing over your soul. He was actually <laughs> saying this is this is a thing that these fucks do, right? Yeah.
1: they actually believe so Lucifer
2: much. exists, and it's they so have extra, to, right? Yeah.
1: Like what the yeah. fuck is wrong with him, man? So I, extra.
2: I mean, he has a point, though, right? <laughs> well, if you think about it from a metaphor perspective, yes, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this true. isn't supernatural. You know, that's not everybody. That we know a deal of. Of with the crossroads demon.
1: <laughs> so what? Uh, that Jacob, we know of. If uh, Satan himself came to this show uh, or sent us an email. And said, I will make you the most, your podcast, the most popular podcast on the planet. And you'll get yes, paid millions of dollars, <laughs> but you have to pledge your, your, your soul to me. How fast yeah. would you sign that contract? Ah, uh, dude. I mean, it would be all F's in the chat for your boy because I'm going straight <laughs> downtown. Oh, dude. Like, because think about it. Hell's got to be better than heaven because heaven's full of people like fucking Jerry Falwell. Like, there's nothing to do up
0: there. You're not allowed to smoke weed or drink. Dude, I'm already in hell. We live in fucking conservative Christian South Mississippi. Like, Yeah, and
2: the humidity's like 110%. Yeah. So Yeah,
0: I can't breathe and there's nothing to do. I'm in <laughs> at least, hell. At least the hell, money. At least hell's going to be a dry heat. That's you what know? I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> at least in hell, dude, I can just go outside and fucking barbecue some ribs while I'm Suffering yeah. for eternity. I
2: mean, you think they have open mics in heaven? Probably not. No. And then if if they do, they you're not allowed.
0: Have the, they have the worst open mics in hell, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I they call those daiquiri just... shops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They just—it's just like all fucking coffee shop, like yeah. slam open mics. Oh, like, hey, God. <laughs> it's like, hey, Satan.
2: Just because they let you put up a PA doesn't mean you should. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst i'm sure y'all have done a ton of shows like that too right yeah where it's just like surprise there's no indication that comedy was happening everybody in the bar is like just a surprise to see yeah. somebody setting up a pa and start talking to them
1: oh those <laughs> are the best when I, when you show up to a show nobody knows comedy is happening
2: but you're
1: you're supposed to make these people laugh who are not there for comedy at all that's just
2: the best <laughs> Recently, this happened to me, and and this is a running theme with daiquiri shops in Louisiana because daiquiri shops are on every corner, right? So they have like set budgets for the night, and they'll have two hundred fifty dollars to give to an artist or whatever, and they don't really care whether that actually brings in people or not, right? So you get a chance to just have a two hundred fifty dollars showcase at a daiquiri shop, but nobody wants comedy there, but the bar doesn't really care, but it's just a nightmare. Um, recently, I was. Being heckled as I was being brought to the stage, so like before I touched the microphone, <laughs> the I was best. engaged with a heckler, and I just felt so defeated. And as a matter of fact, the host handed me the mic and walked up to this dude and started bowing up on him like they were going to fight, and like I hadn't even said a word yet. I'm just like, this is this is how my set started. It was actually completely crazy. Uh, at one point, the dude turned to me. Because I, I just went like, sometimes in that situation, I just go roast mode, right? Like, I'm just going to start making fun of you. This dude looked like he coached at Sulphur High. We were in Lake Charles, which is just like trash part of Louisiana. But <laughs> I shouldn't say that. There's good people there. But <laughs> but uh, I just went roast mode. And he turns to me and he goes, you shouldn't do this for a living. And I'm just like, this is man, he's right, but <laughs> uh, by the end of it, I eventually just kind of turned, turned it around on him and was like, because uh, cause he did this stupid thing where he's like, isn't this a free country? Can't I say what I want? And I was like, yes, sir. You see all these other people that are like watching comedy, waiting for you to shut up. And that kind of kind of got like a round of applause for whoever was there. And that kind of got him to shut up. He eventually bought the bar around after the show to like make amends, but everybody hated this guy so much nobody took the shot. So he's just like drunk, passed out on the bar with like thirty shots that he bought right in front of him. <laughs> it was like just serendipitous, you know? Just a beautiful moment. Oh, that's fantastic, oh my God,
0: dude. I I can't hold a grudge. I would have took thirty shots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like these are all paid for. Fuck. Dude. All right. Yeah, go well, it's just funny that he tried to have a redemption arc, but it got denied. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, you're no Vegeta, sir. You're not going to come <laughs> back in season two right. as a fucking anti-hero. <laughs> you're going to stay right where you are. We're cutting off your tail, you son of a bitch. Yeah.
1: I just don't understand time- people. Uh, do you feel, <clears throat> do you, we asked a lot of comics this, do you feel like people go to comedy shows now specifically to get pissed off? Or, like, heckle now, and Some people,
2: I think some people just actually are that selfish. And, like, they don't, they, don't, they don't really get it, right? They don't get that they're ruining other people's time. I think that's the part that people are completely clueless about, is that they're actually making the show worse for all these other people. Because they're having a ball of a time in that moment, right? But yeah. most of the other audience members in those awkward moments are not enjoying it. They, they just wish that wasn't happening. So it's such a selfish way to be. I think it just says a lot about that person individually. But whether or not people are looking to be upset, I mean, recreational outrage, I think, is a thing. You know, we're all getting kind of bored. Oh, if I ever do, if I ever make a comedy album, it's
1: going to be called recreational outrage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the best way to describe it, right? That's perfect. Like, that's 100%
2: truth. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I feel pretty blessed though, man. Um, we don't run into a whole lot of nonsense every now and then you have your story worth telling like what I just had. But other than that, I honestly feel like we're in a golden age of comedy. Um, yeah. more, more people making shows happen in places that comedy wasn't happening before. Um, more comics that deserve stage time, getting a lot of stage time. Um, I really feel like coming out of the pandemic, people were looking for comedy and they didn't know it. So a lot of people are discovering it right now. Um, So it feels pretty good, at least in my area.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I would almost take like a rowdy crowd and venue any day that I can just like actually fuck around and play with over like the uptight like coffee shop crowd. Because I did a show one time in New Orleans that was at this like upscale like kind of gourmet restaurant where they had like wine racks and fine cheeses and the showroom was in the back and people had to take their fucking $25 dinners and carry it themselves to the back where there's a fucking PA (laughs) and me talking about like my fucking girlfriend's dildo into a microphone and shit while they're eating charcuterie boards. Like (laughs) It's just, I don't mesh well with that crowd at all.
2: Right. So you'd rather take like the rowdy, daiquiri shop than that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and even so though I would
0: probably end up in a I don't, fist fight in the daiquiri shop.
1: <laughs> I don't mind a rowdy crowd as long as they're they're enjoying themselves and having fun, and not yeah. not like they can interrupt the show if it's entertaining. Like if you can play back and forth with them, that's okay. Yeah. But like Jacob said, like if it's like I always it always ends up being the places that I'm scared of when I first walk up, like. You know, you walk up to a place and there's like, if there's chicken wire in
0: front of the stage, I'm probably going to have a good show. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the last show that I did, there were bars on the windows. And um, <laughs> it was it was a concert. There was like, it was all bands. I was the only comic and I was hosting, bringing up the oh, bands. Nice. And I did like a tight, like seven minutes up front. It was one of the best sets I've had in a long time. Like, yeah, and that that doesn't
2: always work, right? Because... Those people aren't there for comedy. yeah, For sure, yeah. But yeah, it, so but for you to be able to do that, artists. yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I find that as those music medley shows work, as long as the comedy is, like, it's announced. And, like, oh, <laughs> you know, people are expecting it. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like you like the the uncertain nature of it sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely fun to have people that you can riff off of or yeah. turn something around on or have fun with. But if you're just getting talked over, you might as well hang up the mic. Like If yeah, everyone, but, but, as far as just talking right, to each other. that's how people watch music. Yeah. is
2: you know, they talk to each other, right? So it's, mm. such, a big, it's such a big difference. Um, I'm getting kind of spoiled because we have such a good club in Lafayette now, Club 337, um, mm-hmm. which is ran by J.P. Leonard uh, in Lafayette Comedy. Such a strong room. I think he's been on this show. I'm pretty sure I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, episode thirty eight or something like that. Um, such a strong room. Like it is honestly my favorite room in the whole entire state, and uh, it just it brings the people in, and they sit down and watch comedy. And kind of like what Jason was saying, um, they're rowdy. They're loud. Sometimes they're interruptive, but it makes for, you know, when you're a good comic, that makes for great moments, right? Nobody's getting kicked out. Uh, That very rarely happens. So, um, but they're there for comedy and that's, what's important is just being there for comedy and wanting to laugh. Um, Yeah, man. I I love it. Like I said, I, I, am such a nerd for this stuff right now, honestly.
1: But I've always been of the mind that, uh, that comedy and rock and roll kind of go hand in hand. And if you uh, have a show like where you're uh, playing or opening up for like heavy metal bands, like if that would be like the hardest crowd to win over. But if you win them over within the first minute or so, you have
2: lifelong fans at that point. Yeah, or punk punk too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like punk fans are like, they would love at least my style of comedy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: At least what I got. Yeah, they would for sure. What, what do you think is, like, the rowdiest venue or show that you've been to in, in a recent memory? Um,
2: the rowdiest? In, like, a negative way? Yeah, for sure. Definitely that daiquiri shop that I kind of described. Um, but uh, that I've done shows like that multiple times where it's, like, the people right next to you at the bar... And the bar staff does nothing to help you. Like, the bar staff is talking loud, taking orders. The people at the bar, bar are taking loud orders. Even if those people are, like, sometimes looking at you, there's, like, such a disconnect. They don't understand that it's, you know, we're in such a small place sometimes that you just speaking at a normal level of volume will completely just overtake whatever's happening on the stage. And, like, it really takes... It takes a level of skill and seasoning as a comic to make the decision like, okay, do I address this? Do I try to stop them and make it funny? Do I talk louder? Like there's a lot of decisions to be made on the spot. And it really just depends on your level of experience and whether you can handle it. Um, But Daiquiri Shops, that's my answer, man. Anytime (laughs) we're, we're like, surprise, comedy's happening here. Um, and it's just some coaches after like a high school football game drinking beers and they had no idea that I was going to be talking about, you know, uh, feet fetishes with my mom, you know, stuff (laughs) like that. (laughs) Oh, there's
1: nothing worse when you're playing like a little small place and like the bartender should know to, to try to. To be, like, as quiet as possible. Yeah. But it seems like that's when they're Oblivious. the loudest. Like, this is not a rock show. You don't have to scream at the top of your lungs to take an order when the when the bar is, like,
2: 20 feet by 15 feet. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to happen like that. I run a Tuesday mic, and we have that, where, I, I like, the staff, they, like, we have conversations with them where we're like, hey, keep it low, help us keep it low in there. And they're always about it. And we have this conversation every single time. They're always about it. Um, And then they still just ignore it. Like like the the ticket taking is right next to the stage. And they're just talking full blast at the people who just walked in like during somebody's set. And uh, we'll be like, hey, keep it down. And they're like, oh, sorry. And then right back to it. Like, I don't know if it's obliviousness. Like, I don't feel like they're I don't feel like they're being mean. Like they're just—they don't get it, right? And some people just don't. Just, like they're—they're they're tearing <laughs> tickets, and all you hear is, "Yeah,
1: it's a comedy show. Be quiet." <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> There's always a lot of like, shh. shh, shh. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, when we met, we met at uh, what you describe as a very weird stone versus drug versus <laughs> yeah. sober. Yeah, I do think it was. In South Mississippi. Um, you've done that show. How many times have you done that show? Because I know that you've won like 13 times. All right. So I've won. Who's counting? 14. Um, but uh,
2: so I've done it because most of the time when you win, you get invited back to uh, open up for the next yeah. show. So it's like you're not competing the next time you come back. It's not like winter stays on or nothing, but you get invited to come back. So I've won 11 of them. With Lafayette, uh, in Lafayette, and probably eight of those, I got invited to come back. Um, and the other ones I didn't because they were like the Mardi Gras show or something where you just don't get that. Um, but so well over 20 times, close to 30 probably, that I've been on Stone Over, uh competed in it 16 times, won 14. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, so I've lost twice. Hmm. So I'm sorry, I've lost three times. I and lost what- the very... Very first time I ever did it.
0: What team do you frequent? Like do you f- frequent like team drunk them. or stoned? Just all of them? Yeah,
2: so I've done all of them. Um, the, the team I've won the least on is sober. Sober's hard. You have a lot to overcome being sober um, because the crowds automatically doesn't think you're cool. <laughs> so yeah. like just the nature of the show is so fun. Um, you know, sober has a lot to overcome, which is why when, when the orders built sober goes last, it's stone drunk, sober, stone drunk, sober. So sober gets to go last because going last, you do have the advantage of being the last person the crowd saw. So if you kill, that's what they're going to remember the most. Um, so I've won on sober a couple times, but sober is hard. Um, my favorite is team Mardi Gras. Uh, team Mardi Gras is kind of choose your own adventure. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say that because it's not true, but <laughs> it is uh, very psychedelic is all I'll say. Uh, yeah, so uh, pretty deep. Me and my buddy Ken have been, um, me and Ken Edwards have been Team Mardi Gras five years in a row. We just won a couple weeks ago. We won our fifth fifth year in a row doing it on psychedelic. So a uh, crazy experience, but also it's like having superpowers like yeah it's you literally literally think you have superpowers (laughs) (laughs) it feels like it
0: (laughs) you literally think that you're one of the louisiana (laughs) x-men um honestly
2: i i i contribute a lot of my a lot of my growth to stone drunk sober um because what it did was it made me want to have a tight pin whereas before i didn't really that wasn't you know i yeah i understood that like you need five, you need 10, you need 15, you need 20. But like Stone Drunk Sober is a 10 minute showcase almost every single time. So it really made me want to craft a very tight 10 and then to craft another tight 10 or take a different five and, and make that a different version of that same tight 10. So it made me look at comedy in a different way where I was, I was trying to write the funniest things I could in 10, within 10 minutes. I wasn't like, I wasn't doing anything but writing a ton, tons of tags. Like when I'm writing jokes out or making, making notes, every, every single thing I say has to be a punchline or or else it doesn't really make the joke. Like it's, it's almost every single sentence is a joke. Uh, And so I started writing like that a lot more and I just kind of increased like my, my last per minute. That's kind of a funny way to talk about comedy. Now that I'm talking about it out loud, but I think that's exactly what I did. Um, and it just kind of made me like a like a kind of a fan favorite. It's like a weird way to talk about myself, too. But I don't know. I guess it's true. <laughs> um, I yeah, really you're, do. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, I just um, it, it really it really helped me. Like that's why I tell all the new comics. I was like, you, the first thing you have to do is build five and then you have to build another five and you have to have a titan. Like, that's where you're... That's what you need to start with to get on showcases. So, really just focus on crafting a tent. And Stone Drunk Sober helped me craft a couple tents, right? And now I'm, you know, I'm in such a better position now doing bigger spots. Um, and I owe a lot of that to just the
0: the work that I put in on Stone Drunk Sober. Yeah. That's such a, a hard showcase to do, too. Because, like, I've only competed in it once. But in order to win... I feel like I had the best set of the night. You did. I, I did. I, I, I'm here to agree with you. <laughs> I, I did the most that I could possibly do. But I still didn't win because yeah. that's how hard the competition is because yeah. there were so many other solid comics and right. the partner that you get might not be on the same wavelength that you're on.
2: So true. I've been blessed with some really good partners. Um. So, uh, I haven't. But done, also, I've carried a show. I haven't done stone
1: vs. drunk verse sober. How does it work? So
2: you've got, so you've got. You essentially need to play your part. Like in the in the spirit of the show is you're assigned. Uh, like you should be taking people out of their element, but with the showcase has been going on so long that that's not really something that you have to do anymore just because we've done it so much but you you put people on teams once you have those teams established you have stone drunk sober and you pretty much got to show up at the gig in the state that you're expected to be in um and you know if you're drunk you're going to be at a bar more than likely so you can keep drinking keep drinking you know how it is with comics they smoking all the time anyway so you know uh some people will take edibles if they're on stoned. And then the sober people are like drinking coffee and Red Bulls. You'll see them drinking water Um, and you just get in the spirit of the show. Right. And it's a showcase. So everybody's doing 10 minutes in order, stone, drunk, sober, stone, drunk, sober. And then at the end, everybody goes back on stage and the audience votes for the winning team. Um, So that's always a fun part too. And depending on where you are, when we first started, we would do like a pass the mic. Where at the end, there's like a riff session uh-huh. with all the comics. So you get like one last chance to kind of win over the audience with some riffing. Um, we kind of stopped doing that. But uh, in New Orleans, the winning team gets the microphone and they get to give victory speeches. So that was something that was really <laughs> cool. I got to do recently. I didn't even know what was going to happen. They just handed me the mic and was like, here you go, give your victory speech. And it was really fun. I just started messing with the audience. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty straightforward showcase. And sometimes you're going to have guest spots up top because, uh, you know, you're trying to hit that hour and a half hour, 45 minute showcase mark. So you've got a couple people opening and that's typically the people who won before.
1: See, I thought, uh, so it's, it's not like a theme or anything you have to stick with for your, your set. You just kind of go up there with no, your own set.
2: You're going to do whatever, whatever comedy you're doing, whatever your thing is. Right. Uh, which is what was so beneficial to me is um, I really got to kind of learn about myself through, through doing these, these shows. So do you get to
1: pick what, uh, what team you're on? Like Stone or, or
2: sober? Or the, do you yeah. Get so assigned? it's really up to the producer, right? The producer will, will reach out to you and be like, Hey, you want to be on this show? Okay. Do you have any problems being any of these? Do you want, you know, like, yeah, you'll get asked because, especially because we're booking people from out of town sometimes. So what you want to do is you want to put one of them sober so that they can drive home, (laughs) right? Because like, you know, so that's always, you're always trying to accommodate people and some people can't smoke. Some people don't drink anymore. We're not trying to, nobody's trying to rob anybody of the chance to do a showcase. So, you know, really it's, you know, it's very, uh, Accommodating, see, I was always kind of worried about asking to do
1: it because I didn't want to get like assigned to, to stone. Because if I go on stage
2: stoned, it's not going to be good for anybody, right? Right? So, you know, and then but that's sometimes that's the spirit of the show, but like you said, sometimes you know, you already know without a doubt that's not what you're looking to do, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you wouldn't be forced into any kind
0: of team specifically, yeah. I feel like there's a strategy too in the way of like how drunk or stoned that you get because the only requirement that i was told when i did it is you have to have one full beer before you go on stage (laughs) to be on team drunk right and i decided to have eight
2: (laughs) and just go fucking three sheets to the wind and it was incredible yeah yeah i've seen so i mean we have epic epic drunk moments uh there's uh uh, there's an epic one with uh, Maggie Shipley she's like a staple of the Lafayette comedy scene there's this just picture of her making like angels in the rocks outside at Beer Garden after her like she like fell <laughs> off the stage during <laughs> her
0: set or something um, there's we
1: gotta tell you guys about b Coffee Company
0: that's right b Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by game
1: whatever kind of coffee you like they got you covered like the Out of This World Chocolate and Caramel Flavored Roast, or the Two hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast.
0: You can even get your very own Open micer's Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too.
1: So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPodcast for 10%
2: off of your order. I'm not going to drop any names, but there's been people who got too drunk in a bad way and uh for lack of a better term exposed themselves oh hell
0: yeah
2: uh you know they didn't uh you know they haven't been back uh (laughs) anybody vomit on stage because they're too absolutely throw up maybe not on stage but people have definitely like done the triple h on stage too which is not a good way to win over the producer Mm. that's for sure uh but yeah somebody took a beer and chugged it and just spit it up into the air one time and uh, and you know, kind of depending on where you're at, that might not be the best thing to do. um but yeah, team drunk, it's the spirit of the show, man, and it can happen. uh it can definitely happen.
0: yeah, I know that i I was definitely one of those stories. i had um I was going to have one more beer before I went on stage, and I decided to wait, and right <laughs> after I got off stage, one of the comics from Team Stoned wanted to chug a beer with me so we we fucking we uh we poked a hole in it with our teeth and shotgunned it and then i just fucking spewed all over the rocks at the side of the stage right after my set it it really is the one of the most fun showcases to be on as a comic because like it's just it's so much fun and you get to hang out with so many fun people who are like in the other teams like it's not that competitive at all yeah, and we're selling like
2: 150 tickets to that show now. And it's like, it's a local showcase. We're not mm-hmm. we're not drawing national names or anything. Just the name of the show is bringing people in the door. And that's how fun and that's how incredible it is. I can't say enough good things about that.
1: It's a great name. And, and you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you see that and like, I want to see that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I know that you... You've opened for Robert Kelly before, but Robert Kelly's coming back to Lafayette I know. and you're opening for him again. How fun I No, and,
2: and I gotta I gotta tell you, man, a little bit of it, I, I feel like I it's redemption for me too. Okay. I didn't bomb. I didn't have a I I honestly didn't even have a bad set. I had a good set by anyone's standards. But I made a crucial mistake that I needed to make so that I could learn a lesson. Um, I cut my hair, I trimmed up my beard, I wore a dress shirt buttoned up, and I did not wear a hat, and I felt like such a fraud the entire time I was performing. It wasn't me. I never dress like that unless I'm going to like a funeral or a wedding. Right. Um, and it I felt fake. Um, and it like it bugged me and it ate at me. And I watched the video and I could tell by my delivery like you know like my jokes are hitting but there was something missing and it's that i what i didn't feel it i did not feel good i felt like such a fraud because i decided to like snazzy up for this show um never made that mistake again huge lesson learned um so i cannot freaking wait till this weekend because uh you know it's like that's like a little redemption story for me so i I don't tell a whole lot of people that but it's a nice little lesson learned like be yourself because that's more yeah. important than, than anything else. <laughs> so I'm gonna be wearing my backwards hat and I'll have a dress shirt, <laughs> but it's gonna be unbuttoned and it's gonna <laughs> be rolled up. You're gonna see my tats, you know, I'm I'm gonna be me. Um, so I'm super stoked. That's awesome. Bobby Kelly's amazing, by the way, just just absolutely incredible. He creates a little like his special is called Killbox, right? And that is such an accurate term for what he does with comedy. He creates a little
0: box and he just murders you over and over again the whole time you're in it. It's incredible. Yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite comics working today. And he's changed so much, too, like since the last time you opened for him, I'm sure. I know he's half the man. Yeah, he's a completely different person. And his comedy is just so much more fucking honed and crafted even more after... 30 however many years of doing it like he's yeah. just constantly getting better.
2: Well, he's a testament to being true to yourself too, right? Because he never he never tried to do anything different, which is one of the reasons it took him for like he never he never molded himself to be successful, right? He just always did his style of comedy. You know that uh New York comedy seller uh dirty fast have to make him laugh every 10 seconds and he's so freaking good at it it's incredible
1: well that's the thing yeah, you've got a style
2: that you're perfect
1: at even though you know it might not hit like uh, like huge or anything or mainstream eventually you're gonna find that audience that that's right. that it does work for no matter how long it takes because you know i I would never want to you know try to sound like somebody else or you know always try to by my own voice to say things like I would never want to like do anything just to just to try to be like mainstream
2: right yeah and I think there are some people who do do that oh definitely there's a lot you know? <laughs> like you know Bobby's somebody that like Bobby's don't work clean I know he had some <laughs> late night sets and stuff but he don't work clean I uh, him he, he you know but there's a lot of comics who like they're like I know I work clean because it's easier to get booked Get more opportunities, which is true. I can't do it, y'all. I matter of fact, you asked me, you asked me what the rowdiest show one of the craziest experiences I had recently. It wasn't rowdy, but it was like it was really surreal moment because I'm not used to like, uh, I'm not used to like hitting a punchline and not getting nothing back. Mm -hmm. Like maybe at an open mic when I'm trying new shit out, but like this was in front of a hundred people, but it was a. It was a um, it was an older crowd and it was a charity. And the other comics I was with were real clean. (laughs) And uh, matter of fact, I'm just going to I'll tell the whole story from the beginning because it's so funny. This guy, uh, he's a great booker. Awesome guy. I love him. He Takes good care of me. Jacob Gidry out of Lake Charles. um, Awesome producer. Um, He reaches out to me to do this show. And I was like, dope um he hits he hits us up like the day of the show and he's just telling us he's like hey i just want to let y'all know i chose y'all because y'all are some of the most professional cleanest comics i know and i was like surely you can't mean me right jacob like what and and he was like nah i mean you're not like the filthiest and i'm like looking at my set list like "What? what um so But I I just, I double checked with him. I was like, you don't expect this to be clean, right? And he was like, no, 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 you don't have to be clean. Well, if I was clean, I would have had a better night. Uh, It's not that I didn't have a good night. I did. I I opened up with some riffing. I got him on my side. But there was a couple joke choices that I didn't realize I shouldn't have made. Um, Not because they were too dirty, but because the content I was talking about, they literally didn't get it. Like I had a punchline where you had to know what cucking is,
1: and <laughs> oh, like yeah, a, I'm
2: looking at a sea of old white people who are just like, we have no idea what you just said. Uh, so oh, luckily, they pretend do. to not know. It <laughs> yeah. They know.
1: Luckily, <laughs> they're uh, the ones the pro- who invented it back in the seventies. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs>
2: uh, the professional I am, though, I I got this lady in the front row to pull out her phone and Google it. Uh, it made for a very funny moment. And then later on, whenever I had some more trouble with one of my jokes, I got to do a callback and be like, you know, break out the Google machines, ladies, you know. <laughs> so I, it, we had a good time and it was a fun show. A hundred, you know, I'll do it a hundred times out of a hundred, but a learning experience yeah. where it's like, because I'm not a clean comic, that's going to happen to me sometimes.
0: Yeah, dude, I love cooking. Um, <laughs> big fan, <laughs> big fan, dude. So Top 10.
2: I- I want to bring this up
1: uh, because uh, we haven't gotten a chance to talk about it on the show here, uh, but it was announced a couple of weeks ago that At Midnight is going to come back um, on CBS after Colbert. He's like he's like the executive producer and bringing the show back. You uh, you pretty is you,
2: Chris? What's the guy's name? I don't think Chris is Hardwick, Hardwick is going to Chris be. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't think he's going to be the host, but you never know. I don't know. So I'm a big but,
2: fan. I'm a big fan of those style of shows, especially when you book comedians to be on the show. Well, that's the thing. Right? Like I feel like it, when that show comes back, that's
1: going to be one of the best showcases for new comedians on like a mm-hmm. mainstream, yeah, uh, you know, television network. Because I watched that show religiously for the four years it was on Comedy Central. Like that's yeah. how I found most of the com- com- comedians that I like was on that show.
2: Yeah.
0: Can you imagine like
2: Mark Norman doing that? No, dude, they would have they wouldn't be able to air it. (laughs) They would
0: not be able to air it. That that is a downside of that is like some of the best working comics today would not be able to do like a riff off the cuff show like that because you just couldn't air it. Like like Mark Norman. I'm pretty sure that show
1: Uh, uh, list list is. I'm pretty sure with the way they do that show is they'll give the comedians like all right, here's what we're gonna be talking about on the show. They'll give them time before they, you know, film it to be like here, write your stuff out and try <laughs> hey. not to be awful, you know. Like you can get to yeah. an edge, but you can't go over that edge or it won't be able to be on TV.
2: Well, it's it's crazy how fast that kind of changed too. Um, because I recently went rewatch Tough Crowd. Are y'all familiar with that? Love it. Yeah. Dude, but also that could not play on TV today. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh like the con, it's too it's just too controversial um so it's crazy how much things like that have changed but that had like uh Jim Norton Rich Voss Nick DiPaolo who is crazy like the stuff he says makes like it's (laughs) it's weird because I'm not I don't get offended by stuff, but, like, I still have those guttural reactions to things that shouldn't be said. So, like, I'm, I'll am i watch some of these old tough crowd clips, and Nick Topol says stuff that makes me go, who?
1: <laughs> yeah, but all of those guys were who's, on who's at midnight. Who's watching
2: me watch this right now? Because I might get in trouble for watching this. <laughs> yeah, but all
1: those guys yeah. were on at midnight at right, one point, exactly. And, yeah. you know, yeah. like, they didn't go which, overboard.
0: Which I uh, feel like I, at midnight is just the evolution of, like, what a tough crowd is yeah because like i mean because back then in the in the 90s or early 2000s like that's what everyone wanted to see in comedy yeah. this tough crowd and then that's it evolves right. into something like at midnight in the 20 early 2010s Bastard, that's what more everyone mean, wants to see it's more like memetic right it's more it's yeah it's more like right it's meme culture yeah. it's off right. the dome it's only makes 30 sense. minutes that makes sense yeah I'm excited they're bringing it back if they're not doing it with chris hardwick i, I might not watch it i mean that's yeah i'm a stupid. I'm
2: a fan of his man he's funny a, another hundred percent clean
0: comic right that guy's yeah pretty much yeah he uh, which he he went through all that that stuff with the his ex or whatever canceling him or whatever and then yeah. it turns out that she was a lying piece of shit <laughs> but like he never came back from it still hardly yeah, yeah.
1: well oh, I mean, see, why I would he want that. to everybody turned
0: on him, you know. Yeah, so it's, it's got to like, be heartbreaking. all of you. <laughs> right. Um, Tyler, when was the last time you shit your pants? <laughs> Again, we're going back to this um, well.
2: As an adult? Has that happened as an adult? Ask oh, Jacob. I'm sure it has. Tyler, but... I'm looking at you right now, and I can tell you it's happened as an adult. <laughs> what was the last time you shit your pants? <laughs> I mean, honestly... I'm trying to think if it has happened as an adult. I'm sure it has, but like, may, yeah. like over ten years probably because I can't even think. Well, here I'll I'll
0: present you a um a moral quandary, if you okay. will. So there are some people in this world who think that in any circumstance, no matter how sick you are, no matter you may have food poisoning, you may, the nearest bathroom may be two interstate exits away. They think it's never acceptable for a grown man to shit in his pants. But there are some people like me who believe (laughs) that accidents happen. And not only do they happen, they happen to everybody. And not only do they happen to everybody, it's perfectly okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Obviously, it's perfectly okay, but it is embarrassing. Um, But also, I have good control over my asshole, Jacob. So I feel like you're somebody who doesn't. And your stance is very tainted by that, pun intended. Well, <laughs> okay, here's let, let me amend some rhymes right. here. Okay. <laughs> if you have food
1: poisoning and you're like, you know, you're volcano shitting, like like out of yeah, both ends, it. it's just like spewing. And okay. for some reason you're in a on the interstate driving somewhere. Okay, if your exit is like twelve miles away, okay. I get it if you shit your pants. Okay, I get it. It's understandable. Okay. But if you're just at a comedy show <laughs> and you shit your pants and you're like, eh, I had to go <laughs> take my underwear off and throw them in the garbage because I shit my pants. That's I didn't want unexce- to miss my spot. That is unacceptable behavior as an adult <laughs> Tyler, human it- being. It
0: happened while I was the host and before the show started.
2: <laughs>
0: I just shit my pants at the bar. To hey, people. here's
2: here's the problem.
0: Unacceptable. And I, said, and, and I said before I left, I think I just shit my pants and then went in the bathroom and I had shit in my underwear. The reason that's
2: unacceptable is because that show's not going to start without you, dude. <laughs> just take care of business. But,
0: the, but here's the thing, like I. Had a great opening bit about how I just shit my pants, and I encouraged everyone to go into the bedroom and look for my shit. Tyler, here's the thing:
1: it wasn't a one-time deal. Like this happened like three times over the course of of, like a a Tuesday. I mean, can we
2: talk about how much this says about your diet? Yes.
1: (laughs) Thank you.
0: I would prefer we did it. But here's the crazy thing, dude. I shit my pants three weeks in a row on a Tuesday.
1: Dude, <laughs> eat on a, a Tuesday what? every single week. Eat a fucking vegetable, man. Come on. No! No! <laughs> no! How
0: about that? There's your counter
1: offer. Alright, I have a story I want to run past you guys before we get out of here. Uh, this popped up. This is from Popular Mechanics. And I don't know why this is a Popular Mechanics article, but... <laughs> Highly intelligent and possibly invincible super pigs are invading America. Uh, Originally crossbred between... It's a mix of a domestic pig and a wild boar. Uh, uh, Helped farmed pigs grow larger and tolerate the cold temperatures of Canada. Uh, Dropping the market about two decades ago led some farmers to let their hybrid pigs run free. Now they're very free according to Field & Stream... The super pigs are coming south, likely headed to Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, and Michigan. The problem they're proving hard to eradicate because they can survive in such cold
0: climates. So here's the thing, dude. They're going to make it as far as Lafayette, Louisiana, <laughs> and Tyler and his friends are going to find a way to either <laughs> fuck them or eat them.
2: You think <laughs> they're getting past Ted Nugent in Texas?
0: <laughs> well, here's How the thing. How about this? Can- <laughs>
2: Can we just call it what it really is? I mean, they're saying pigs, but uh, is this just about cops? Ooh. (laughs) Ooh.
1: (laughs) Let's see, wild hogs feed on anything. They gobble up tons and tons of goslings and ducklings in the spring. They can take down a white-tailed deer, even adult.
0: Dang. They can gobble up these nuts.
1: Come on with it, baby. Let's so go. if coming we could from, get these to Louisiana, Canada, maybe they could take care of the uh, the nutria population.
2: Well, I mean, there's so many places in Louisiana and Texas you can you can shoot hogs crazy. I don't think there's a limit because they're such a problem. Yeah, where oh, are yeah. they where they are. But yeah, I mean, you know, we'll just somebody's gonna stop them. Somebody will get in a helicopter and mow them down before they get down here. I feel like. So, do you think eventually, if we keep uh, these super
1: pigs, do you think if they if they get enough if, if If they keep breeding and their intelligence gets higher, do you think uh, they're going to make a super, super pig where they get uh, like human level intelligence? And then we're having to like wars against, uh, you know, smart pigs. We're having (laughs)
0: war pigs?
2: Yeah.
1: War pigs. (laughs) By Black Sabbath? Yeah.
2: (laughs) General Gathered. (laughs) I'm not scared of pigs because they don't have thumbs. Here's the thing you could be as smart as you want to be. But if you can't hold something, I ain't scared of you, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, if it's just you and me in the woods, not good. But I got tools, right? So mm-hmm. my my army versus the pigs could be as smart as they want. They're not holding guns. So what do you think is gonna happen first? Are we gonna have to
1: fight AI or are we gonna have to fight super pig? What makes you think they're mutually
2: exclusive, Jason? That's Ooh. what if they work together? I think Ooh. that's the fear. Right? What
1: if the AI <laughs> What if the pigs are the product of the AI and they're right. going to control the pigs to take over the human population?
2: Now, if the pigs evolve to have thumbs, again, I'm going to bring this back to thumbs. You got to be mm-hmm. able to hold something. Well, that's what I'm
1: saying. Yeah. What if they keep crossbreeding these things until eventually they grow a fucking <laughs> thumb?
2: We're done. We're done as a species. They start, they start oh, walking on hind legs. <laughs> Just like everybody's scared to eat bacon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know why I you s- wanted to end the episode talking about fucking robots. <laughs> I
2: don't know.
1: AI is scaring me, man. Did you know that with the the have you heard the voice shit that you can do now, where you send like you put in like a, a minute long sample? Like we could take yeah. this podcast and put like a minute long sample into it, and it will perfectly recreate. Me and Jacob's voices and make us say anything
0: that, that whatever. Yeah,
2: I think that's problematic. <laughs> yeah, I think? I, think I think it's problematic. Th-
0: I think you'll find me saying worse shit on this podcast <laughs> than whatever they're going to generate me saying. But it's It'd scary be pretty tame
1: because what if like in the future, you know, they're going to perfect like um like the face swap shit. Like, what if you get like a FaceTime call from like a relative? But it's not really your relative. It's like a fucking AI bot, <laughs> and they fish you for like all your information and shit. They like kill
0: your mom or something. I don't like know. Fucking like Terminator. Yeah, like exactly. C2 Judgment Day. <laughs> like your mother is dead. <laughs> What's wrong with Wolfie?
2: Wolfie's fine, hon. Your parents are dead.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Can 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 you explain to me why the the Terminator kept cooking? In that scene i want to know that too i never thought about that before. now <laughs> like like why keep making macaroni or whatever it was no he was I forgot. chopping up like yeah. some
1: veggies for like a stew <laughs> right <laughs> Right. what does he have like a catalog of recipes up in there like
2: like that's just- like oh i i can never leave a, a stew unseasoned like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i right. just walk out of here with this left undone
1: didn't they like do terminators have to eat in order to, because like they're covered not, in, you know, living oh. flesh. Like, how do they keep the flesh like fresh and not like rotten? They probably moisturize. <laughs> Cause remember, Robocop had to eat baby
2: food in order to like keep his like, right? But he had self. like, yeah, he had like
0: human insides though. Yeah. Which was a huge oversight. You would think <laughs> that, you know, if there was a part of the human that you would get rid of, it's the inside. See, that's
1: what I didn't understand, like, between the old one and the remake. In the original one, like, there was a whole part of the movie where they're like, he still had his left arm or some shit like that when they were building him, and they're like, get rid of it. You know, like, so they cut the dude's arm. the other Because, you know, they blew his one hand, one hand off. He had his other hands, and they cut his other arm off. And then in the remake, in, like, what was that, 2014 or whatever, they kept the I hand, see. like, the still human hand, like, why would you do, like, that? that's a waste. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, give me a better hand. Yeah. Give him a good, like, robot hand. Like Luke. Yeah.
0: I mean, they, it just wouldn't feel the same anymore, you know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> he,
1: he didn't have a wiener, because there's no reason to have a hand at that point.
2: <laughs>
1: Robocop okay, is
2: kind of like a super pig, right? Yes! Robo pig! That's what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: I don't know.
0: I don't think we're talking about comedy anymore. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode. Tyler, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah. This is fun.
2: Anytime. Uh, Anything you want to,
1: anything you want to, uh, pimp or a plug before we get out of here?
2: Um, I do have some big stuff coming up. Um, opening for Rich Voss, uh, in Lafayette, at the Acadiana Center for Arts on April 13th. On April 21st, I'm hosting for Sam Talent. Super excited about that. And then, of course, this weekend, I don't, if, I'm sure this will be out, huh? This will get dropped. Yeah. This uh, yeah, this will come out Wednesday. Uh, this weekend, Bobby Kelly, Club 337 in Lafayette. Just You can buy tickets to all that at lafayettecomedy.com. I've got a little page on there, too. You can go find out what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Where should people it, follow you? Appreciate you. Y'all. To, uh, make it at easy. the Tyler A. The, the Tyler a, a on everything.
1: Awesome. Jacob, what you, got,
0: what you got coming up to pimp or plug? Dude, I'm just doing this podcast right now, man. I'm trying to get some stuff booked. Trying to maybe get uh, my way over to Pensacola for a couple of shows. We'll see what happens. But uh, we've got some pretty cool guests coming up for you guys in March. And
1: uh, for me, I got the Falls from Grace show March 18th at uh, uh, Rockin' the Sound. You can get the uh, tickets right now at the sound 228com All the VIP tickets are sold out, but all general admission uh, is still available. Uh, So go get your tickets now. And uh, I plan on after this show, once everything's kind of calmed down, I plan on getting back on the stage and start doing some comedy for a bit because I I didn't want to get attacked for for anything. So I stopped getting on stage (laughs) for a while. Jacob got beat up and uh we did <laughs> i didn't get beat up i got in fights okay hey you need to stop talking, talking about yours
2: you need to stop talking about your wife like that yeah, <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> i need to start
0: talking about everyone's wife please.
1: but on that note go filer at the tyler a wherever uh on twitter and instagram and we're gonna go ahead and get out of here if you want to email us you can email us at openmikers podcast go to openmikers.com is our website You can also uh, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash OMPodcast. And, of course, frezcoffeeco.com and use the code OMPodcast to check out for 10% off your order. And you can get our own special brand of coffee. And we will see you guys next week.